0: I think that clients that really see the value of video, what they're really seeing the value of is emotional connection with an audience.
1: Welcome back to Video Production Daily. As you can see, we're taking a deep dive across the video production industry, looking at different creators, how they go about their work and what it is that they produce. At the end of the day, We produce things for a reason. We're making the world a better place. We're helping to communicate ideas. And it's fascinating to see the diversity of why we make content. Everything from entertainment to education to impacting an audience to make them uh, informed when they make purchasing decisions. Today, we're meeting with Amina Moreau. Amina, it's great to have you back for another episode of Video Production Daily. Let's just dive right into it, Amina. Why do you think people are pulling out their checkbook and giving you money to create content? How does the economics (laughs) of this thing work out?
0: Yeah, that's a good question, especially now when, um, you know, the economy has taken a hit. It's, it's a difficult thing um, to invest in yourself, whether you are an individual or you're a company. And, you know, the the old saying goes you got to spend money to make money. I think that clients that really see the value of video what they're really seeing the value of is emotional connection with an audience. The reason why I love video so much and I came into it with a photography background and that was my real passion. But I moved into video because I feel like it's the next best thing to having an in-person experience with someone. You could go, you know, climb Everest with them and pull them, pull them up that mountain and give them oxygen and camp in the freezing cold. Or you can make a film about it. And bring them on a journey that they might not necessarily be able to take in real life. And video does that better, I think, than photography, than graphic design, than writing, or at least maybe not better. I shouldn't say better, but video has a certain level of immersion, right? It's immersive. It has all of these different facets from motion to audio and music, and it's just, it has these dimensions and it makes you feel. And I think that clients recognize that, at least the ones that have seen the value, who have done their ROI calculations. And I think that there's also a conversation to be had though about pricing of video and just pricing as a construct. But I know firsthand that, that even though video is so ubiquitous now, and there are all kinds of filmmakers making films for all kinds of price ranges. There are companies out there that are willing to really put their money where their mouth is. And, um, and they're, will- they're willing to invest bigger dollars to make the productions better and more more intentional and they they see that value so they're willing to spend the money and i see some budding filmmakers charging much less than i think they could simply because they're new and they don't know what the standards are or they're they're not sure whether they are worth it and i think you are
1: I mean it's interesting because people have different business problems and one of the things that i'm picking out as a theme of these episodes of video production daily is companies with different needs might self-select different companies to create video for them right so if you're really focused on you know selling to consumers a consumer packaged good and you want to amplify that with hilarious ads you might hire chamber media or if you just wanna get awareness for your product, you might partner with someone who focuses on entertainment like Mark Rober. Uh, if you really have an empathy-driven brand and wanna focus on telling your story, you might look to still motion. How important do you think it is, Amina, to carve out a niche within the world of all of these video creators? And how do you look at that as you're bringing in projects and determining who you work with? Is there a, is there an element of um, addressing how each client might affect your brand and the body of work that makes you different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Our clientele has shifted dramatically over the years. So, I won't say that you have to just pick one niche and one demographic and run with that till the end of time. Your business is going to evolve, the world is going to evolve, and you might you might just want a change. I know that when we were shooting weddings, we learned along the way that there were certain kinds of weddings we enjoyed more than others. Usually had to do with size, with flamboyance, with showiness. We preferred the lower key ones. Um, And one of the things that we would talk about quite often with other filmmakers that were in that space was that you're going to attract what you show. And so if our website and our portfolio was full of these massive weddings with like five figure spends just on the flowers, we were going to be attracting those kinds of clients. If we showed elopements, if we showed really tightly knit families with just the most inspiring most loving speeches if if we showed what we enjoyed doing it was going to lead to that self-selection on the other side and we're gonna then have couples coming to us that wanted that and I think that the same goes in corporate storytelling If you're showing really flashy brand anthems because that's what you love doing, then you're going to attract more people that like that, that need that. But if you're showing those flashy brand anthems because that's all you've got to show, but you really want to be doing this other thing, then you better brace yourself for doing more brand anthems. So... I think from that perspective, it might be interesting to consider, especially if you're just starting out, building a portfolio of passion projects that nobody's paying you to do, that's no, that, that you have full creative control over, and that represent the type of work that you want to be doing and then use that. I would much rather see a portfolio with three great pieces that represent the kind of work and the kind of clients you wanna be attracting than 50 films that are all just a jumble of work, hoping that you're gonna get someone or anyone.
1: Amina, that's amazing. You answered the question I should have asked, right? How do you start to establish your brand in the marketplace? There's so many folks out there creating content how do you stand apart and attract those ideal customers that want to tell the kinds of stories that you want to put into the universe?
0: I was going to just cut you off and be like, oh, yeah, but I can actually <laughs> answer your question. Because yeah. you answered how do you actually develop your your niche?
1: Well, I think that you gave a really good um, putting it out into the universe and creating a body of work that represents the kind of work you want to do in the future. Yeah, I, I feel like that okay. is... Um, the right answer for how do you go about carving out that niche? Okay. But if you have more insight on it, Amina, let's just get authentic and bring the audience right back into this conversation. Yeah. And, uh, um, and hear what you have to say. Let me just say.
0: let me just think of what I was going to say because I did take a bit of a turn. One thing that we learned along the way is that it it also takes time to realize what you like. When we first started shooting anything, uh we just liked shooting and being out there and being creative. That was, that was the goal. That's what we enjoyed doing. It wasn't until our like second year, third year that we had gotten the taste of different types of shoots and different types of projects where we could more concretely say, oh, we prefer this over this. It's hard to say that when you're just starting out. And so that, experience of just taking on a little bit of everything was really good at the beginning because it allowed us to reflect and and ask ourselves if we were independently wealthy and didn't need to bring in any income what kind of projects would we do for free and then once we had that established we could start thinking about all right now how do we attract more of that
1: You know, that's interesting, too, because your efforts grew so organically. You had your team, you were working on weddings, you grew it into something else, and you continued to select the kinds of clients you wanted to work with. So that's an interesting perspective, right? Because I think a lot of people might be working somewhere else in the industry and thinking about doing a pivot and trying to figure out either how do they go out on their own, start their own company or... Um, even just try and bring on new clients or a new kind of client for what they're already doing. So thank you. It's been an absolute masterclass. Appreciate your perspective. Everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of video production. Daily. Filmmakers and video creators, as you know, production budgets are wildly inconsistent. Sometimes they rise, sometimes they fall, but your ability to bring creativity to a project is always in demand. I want to introduce you to the Masters of Engagement online course, learn how to clarify creative ideas, engage audiences using conflict, dance, art, character development, relevancy and unexpectedness and story. Every professional video creator should learn about audience psychology from mastersofengagement.com. I've included a discounted link in the show notes
0: below and I can't wait to see you in the online course.